Welcome, welcome, welcome to the No Bad Dudes podcast. We are in playoffs. And by we, I don't mean myself and my co-host because we did not make it. Uh, I am your co-host, Brad Anderson, proud owner of the newly minted team. What is it called? What is it? Team 2021 loser. Yeah. So team 2021 loser is my, my new name. And there's a bunch of poop emojis everywhere. Um, I will be uh, brandishing that title until the following year where Eamon's going to pick my team name. Uh, I am joined by my co-host. Uh, Eamon Ducey. Eamon Ducey. And we have the gnarly sacks. Looking at his phone, yes. What's that? Um, who most likely at this point will... Who most likely at this point will remain the gnarly sacks unless Cleveland has a big turnaround. Uh, we made it. The regular season is over we are into the playoffs uh we are not quite into the money rounds yet but um just a quick hit amen on the on the overall regular season thought anything that you want to uh talk about now that there's a bookend to this regular season um so one of the things i'll look into eventually um because i think this will be a great off season to talk about it is it is mind-blowing, I would say, how well Laurent did and he was able to get to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always kind of believed that the first-round pick was overrated. And I, I've I've been pretty solid. But obviously, how little Laurent had and the fact that he even didn't really pick his second-round pick because he had such a poor internet connection, we had to just place A.J. Brown on his team. Um, Who ended up busting. Not quite busting, but pretty much. I mean, he traded him for Aaron Rodgers, so I I think that's a good return. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Um, but he he returned for a a, you know, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is doing this year. He's probably top ten, but that's a very good valuable asset that he could flip AJ Brown for. And you know, I I haven't looked specifically back to all that trade because I think it was multiple elements. But that is just a really you know, I think if we're going to talk about the season as a whole, that's probably the biggest storyline. Hmm. I mean, the thing that I'm taking away is like how how competitive it was until the end. You know, this unlo- I don't know why this season specifically was so tight. Uh, maybe because like I, I I I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um. But it was tight. There was, you know, heading into Monday night. I mean, it it seemed pretty like there were some possible outcomes. It seemed pretty clear cut that who was going to win. Um. And into Monday night, but like heading into Sunday it was still wide open. You know, I think that eight or nine, nine teams were still alive. Um, and, you know, how many possible outcomes. So it was a tight season uh, for the most part. And I, I, th- I think it really, um, but like when we went to six teams, it like it does always allow more teams to be competitive. But because there was like everybody playing for something in some element, um, I think that's why it was so tight was that like, there was multiple ways to get in and like you had to really watch your team and watch other teams. And, you know, that's what we strive for. But like, I think this year above any other year, um, you know, it, it's really a case for six teams. Cause like everybody was invested. Um, 
I mean, obviously you're always obsessed with uh, the league and stuff like that, so that's easy. But, like, you know, I think everybody just had a great season and everybody was invested, so I'm all for it, I think. I think yeah, I, I think with the, the six teams plus multiple ways to get in, right, so it's not just record, it could be points. You know, like, that just kept, yeah, the, the pathway open. So I think that, like, I'm pretty happy with um, – the structure of that. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I was a four-team playoff person, but I think I'm a convert to this structure. I think that it's kind of the right way. Great. Well, congratulations to those that made it to the playoffs. We're going to go through each matchup this week and look a little closer at the players and kind of what we're predicting for each team uh, in in a more focused way. And then, you know, we will continue to do that throughout the playoffs, but we'll also have just kind of a quick hitter uh, section or segment on the consolation bracket so that those that are not in the playoffs uh, don't feel left out. And it still has significant impact. Uh, the consolation bracket will have significant impact, as we all know, uh, on future years. So, or at least next year. So let's dive in we are going to look at the the one seeds the one and two seed playing each other first so that is henry versus matt um i believe it's all set up in the app so that i mean people play in the constellation bracket it doesn't matter who they're playing it's just a, a points total points over the next five weeks but it's set up in the app um, so we can actually follow those matchups. So it's so the first one we're going to look at is Matt versus just, uh, run down. Should we just run down officially for the playoffs for the people who weren't paying attention of the seed? Sure, sure. And the, and, and the... So Henry is the one seed and he will play Matt. And they're playing a one one week kind of choose your own adventure. So whoever wins between Matt and Henry will choose their opponent for the semis. Uh, the other wild cards or the wild cards are uh, Mike versus Laurent. And they're in a one week, you know, uh, survive and move on. And so are Willie versus Frank. Right, and then obviously the the semis and the finals are two weeks, so we've got five weeks of playoffs ahead of us. So let's look at first uh, Matt Catcher in the Rye versus Henry Galladay in Express. So, Eamon, why don't you kick it off and tell us uh, tell us some things that jump out to you in this matchup? Um, you know, I think. I think, I mean, honestly, I, um, I'll i give you a little insight, and I know people, I don't know, I know one listener gets upset if I talk about myself at all, but it does, you know, even though Pittman has kind of cooled off, it really is the one thing I remember from our preseason podcast, like, how much I was like, I'm in on Pittman, and I spent the last 24 hours uh, right before the draft uh, doing everything to get, like, an early eighth round pick. Because I didn't want to take him at 7-1, but I was just like, if I can get like an 8-3, I think that would be a great pick for him. Um, 
And I think that will be him against Houston is uh, is pretty cool. I'd be pretty excited about that. I think um, I think it's going to be a weird game. Like I think Tom, Taylor should have an amazing game, but I I don't know. We we know Frank Reich likes to show her every, how smart he is to everybody. So I think that's like one really big player who could put up like a a twenty uh, number. And also, like, you know, his, his trade to get Gibson and Ayuk is pretty good. Gibson apparently is hurt again. I think I think that guy will be this one of these guys in the third or fourth round next year that will just be, like, a frustrating player to manage next year. But, you know, Ayuk with Debo out, that could be another. Like, he could have three wide receivers get over 20 points with, with Cup, who would probably automatically get it no matter what, and then Pittman and Ayuk. Yeah, I guess like let's start because you started with um, Henry. I'll jump on that side too and talk about Gibson. So I think that you know Gibson is hurt. He was limited in practice uh, today, but um, McKissick is out. You know McKissick's in the concussion protocol and did not. I mean he could come back, but uh, he did not practice today, um, and that could be a huge thing. You know if it's all the touches are basically going or you know dominated by um gibson uh he showed last week that he could be pretty damn good he had how many points he had 20 points uh against seattle um you know him also getting corderell patterson back uh is a big thing for him um you know i one of the things which will be interesting and it also impacts Matt, we can kind of transition over to Matt with this so I can get your beat on his team, is the Fields Mooney thing. So Matt's got Mooney right now, but Mooney's, you know, has had those, you know, big weeks recently. And I feel like I don't know if it's because of Andy Dalton. So I think Fields has been out for two weeks, right? The last two weeks, and he's had 15 and 20 points. And then before the bye, he had 19 points. So, I mean, that continuing, I would be surprised. But, like, how does Fields do in return um, will be against Arizona, which I think is a good team. Uh, <clears throat> so, I think that him having Gibson and, uh, like you said, Ayuk with Debo out, like, I think that his team – things are happening uh, in, on the players' individual teams that make his team even stronger than it already is going into the playoffs. Yeah, and then just, just going back to Mooney, I think I think he's like, you know, I was trying to trade you him because I, I was at a point where I couldn't roster him because I wasn't going to start him yet, and I needed other position players. Um, but it, I think it's very clear. I, like, I don't know if he'll get the yardage that he got with, uh, Dalton, but I do think Mooney's clearly the number one option on this team. So, at the very least, you know, if if it is a blowout and like there's like a, a a touchdown with four minutes to go with the Bears, if it's receiving, I feel it's a pretty good shot. It's going to be Mooney. So, you know, you raise your floor with Mooney. Consider what he was expected to be, where he was supposed to be this high yardage guy on deep throws, but. I, I think it's just the Fields uh, Mooney connection is, is pretty good, so I think you'll get a couple red zone targets, and um, so that'll be good. Like I think he's he's legitimate, probably wide receiver, low end two, 
three for the next month. Yeah, and he, you know, he's there. You know, he he's in Matt's, you know, for all intents and purposes. Uh, he's in Matt's three, you know, wide receiver three position. Um, in both, let's look, not talk about Matt's team a little bit. In uh, Matt's team, he has two Bears and he has two Chiefs. Um, does he have any other doubles? No. Um, so, like, I don't see the Bears putting up tons of points <laughs> you know like i'm not seeing the bears put up you know 28 like four touchdown game maybe they do but um and i think that's kind of reflected in montgomery's you know 11.776 um yeah i think so I think-, I, I think by having two bear bears offensive weapons on your team it limits the upside of your team I think I think we also sort of, you know yeah in, in a in a small way. I think some of the the confidence that's been put into um uh into the Bears and Fields is is not accurate because now we see the Steelers defense has been hurt for a while and they're just getting rolled everywhere. Uh, I think that San Diego game where they just couldn't ever slow down or not San Diego Los Angeles Chargers game where they couldn't slow down that offense on any level. Um, might be just more of an indicator, like maybe Fields didn't get that much better because when he played against the Ravens, they were pretty god awful. <laughs> um, um, they mm-hmm. got points and stuff like they got they got fantasy points, but like it was that was not a good game. I, you know, I think that's the that's the question is like is Fields legit? Because uh, I think David Montgomery probably has a decent yardage carry, but at the end of the day, he's not breaking forty yard runs. So he needs he needs time of possession to get enough carries to get the hundred yards rushing, and then hopefully a TD or two that Matt will probably need to win this one. Yeah, I mean the nice thing about this matchup for both Henry and Matt is that you know it's kind of it's it's a freebie a little bit. Like it doesn't really matter. Uh, it would be nice to have the choice of who you're going to play, but. Um, either way they're in the semis right so i don't think that either of these guys are going to be too stressed or like you know worried about you know the yardage or the you know the matchups as much as you know maybe the guys that are playing for their seasons obviously so it it, this will be a fun one and i'm sure that you know it would be it would be pretty wild if matt ends up winning this um, and has the choice of who he's going to play, especially as the returning champ. Um, because I think you, that, that's going to be... What would you do in this scenario? Because we know Willie's probably going to move on just because it's going to it's going to continue. But if Mike yeah. wins, Mike with the far superior roster, or again, trying to take down Willie, who just doesn't lose, would you pick Mike or Willie? I would definitely take Willie. Okay. <laughs> There's no doubt that I would take Willie. Everybody's um, felt like they could beat Willie, and that is just like, it doesn't that, happen. Then it just curses your team. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I would I would choose Willie. I, I would, like, you know, we can we can rank them right now, like, of, of who I would choose. I, I guess we'll go through, because I, I, I don't know their teams, like, thoroughly. 
Um, but as we go through, I, I mean, I know that I would probably just looking at their projections, I would, if we just went off that, you know, it's Mike is the 32 points right now uh, higher than Willie in the projections. But um, I, I think Ray every week this season was projecting more points than Willie. Yeah, <laughs> and lost every time. Um, so, anything else to say about uh, what? Who on this? Like, they're going to go through. Each of these guys are going to go through. Do any of these guys have players that won't play next week? Damien Harris won't play, right? He's did he get hurt again? The team. No, isn't he out? Isn't New England have their first round by next week? Oh, next week. Okay. I should look at the, who has buys next week. Well, I mean, just to focus, I, I get, I, I think I, this, I kind of screwed this up because we, we're going to say we're talking about every player, and then I just specifically talked about one player for too long. Um, but I, you know, uh, you know, Josh Allen historically does not play well, or I guess last year it, it didn't matter because New England's offense was so terrible. But Bill Belichick has had Josh Allen's number several times, so. You know, who knows what happens there. Um, and, you know, uh, is there any other, like... So the buy, so the buys next week um, are Carolina... Sorry, no, that's not right. Uh, Philadelphia, Indianapolis, Miami, and New England. So, like, we could just, like, think of that, about that as, like, who would they pick? He'll, he'll be missing Pittman, but he can replace him with Cooper or Galladay. Yeah. Um, Eagles, New England. Yeah, I don't know if there's another player on here that is in their starting lineup that will have a bye. So this is what their team kind of looks like going into the into the playoffs. Yeah. Cool. All right. And then also maybe I, maybe Mac gets Michael Carter back. Also, you know, weirdly, um, I I think both would prefer if it wasn't this way. But I forgot that Henry has Justin Fields. So a lot of Matt's success will be directly tied to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, obviously the movie stuff, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they'll, they'll be watching. I think they're, like, they're, they feel, weirdly, their teams feel like there's, like, one game they're all playing. Because <laughs> Gibson's playing Vegas. Uh, or Gibson and Thomas are on the same team. Um, he's, Matt's got Christian Kirk, so that's... Arizona versus Chicago, um, Derek Carr. Like, it's a small, incestuous group of players that are, um, you know, I don't know how you guys watch all the games, but I got the Sunday ticket, and because it's kind of a pain in the ass to do it digitally, I plug my laptop in so I can have the quad games on. Um, And I usually, a lot of it is affected by how many which players I have on my team and which players the person has the other team. And, uh, uh, I think, I think the, the Arizona bears game would be on this. I think the, the, the Denver Kansas city game, both it's the chiefs and the Broncos as their defense, Kelsey Mahomes, CEH are all involved. And then Las Vegas and Washington because Gibson, uh, Logan Thomas, Derek Carr. Is there another one? Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're really, like... It's a small group of games that they'll be upset. Are, are these also, like... Oh, man. You know... 
I usually like in the regular season to have a gate, a player at the end, like on the Monday night. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I would feel that way at the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe not for. I mean, th- this game might be fun, but this I, game is uh, yeah. We'll, we'll look at we'll look at the other matchup. So you ready to move on from this matchup? Let's spend a little um, bit more time on the other ones. Yeah, what, I mean, let me just check with this Terry McLaurin thing. That's uh, fine. I was just looking at notes just to see if uh, anybody is surprisingly injured. Um. Also, I made a roster move once you brought up the the. We we talked about the Washington football team because I'm like, oh wait, Jared Patterson might play. Um, there he is. There he is. He might get all the touches. Uh, it'll um, be better than Alex Collins. Uh, yeah, we can move oh, on. Oh my gosh! Did you see Adrian Peterson got picked up? Well, you, <sighs> I see. Or I, I think he's he's practicing with uh, trying out for the. <laughs> I think um, we could take a second and signing. talk about this. Yeah, they're signing the veteran. <laughs> I think we can yeah, take a yeah, second yeah. to talk about this. I think. Um, I think Pete Carroll retires, right? Or takes maybe one of these coaching gigs um, in college. Because I think... Goes to Notre Dame. Notre Dame might make sense. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll... I mean, I did hear Ian Rapport talk about, like, um, Urban Meyer and they're like, you know, no NFL coach is going to take one of these jobs at this point just because... You even you ruin your agent's agency because like the idea that you had a client walk out in the middle of an NFL season, like right. that means like the agent can't treat them as professional. So, um, you know, I I think maybe it's one of those things where maybe Pete Carroll kind of knows the he's done with Seattle and they need to start over in some format because I don't think they would fully start over. I think they would keep Russ. They would let Russ be involved with picking the coach, but I think Carroll's on the way out after just. It's just, it's been a lot of years. Um, no reason to keep tarnishing, you know, he did good stuff up there. Um, but like, it, it needs to be somebody else and move on. But yeah, maybe, maybe they're talking about it right now. And Pete Carroll's like, hey, if you guys want to release me, we can move on and I can go take the Notre Dame job and we can, uh, we could all make it civil. And I think everybody will be okay with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's done in Seattle. It just looks dysfunctional and so, like, sad. Like, just watching that game the other day, I was like, oh, this is, none of this looks good. Um, hammer that under, baby. There's there's and a also, couple, like, under games this week, too. Also him, you know, Russell Wilson and Baker, um, you know, this is one of those things that's, like, it's hard when you make your identity of your team so much around the the face of your franchise um because then then they don't really they're so detached from reality they don't get that like hey you being under center and playing god awful to the point where like case kingdom's a better option or Geno smith is not a good thing for the team and like you trying to like do videos before the 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 pregame to like show up Geno smith and make people go like russell's ready like Russell couldn't throw the ball Monday. <laughs> like it's it's horrifically inappropriate and you know selfish for him to kind of go out and force the team to go through that and not have a like a functional offense. Like people can complain about the the OC and the stuff, but like I think the reason P. Carroll has to go is because he lets Russell Wilson think he can go out and play um, because yeah, he, he owes a lot. 
yeah, he owes P. Carroll owes a lot to Russell Wilson, so you feel like you have to do this. But if a new coach comes in and says, "Hey, Russ, um, a lot of teams miss their starting quarterback. Looking Arizona, they're still good. They're still the top seed when Kyler misses a month. Um, it's okay. Relax. Be part of the team because if we ever do have a good record, if you're still nursing this injury, we can't go through the playoffs deep because you're not fully healthy. Like." You know, it's the it's the self it's the Baker it's the thing where it's like the the quarterback's bigger than the franchise. Um, I think like Patrick Mahomes has handled it very well because the handful of times he's been injured, it's never like he's trying to prove something to somebody. It's like, all right, I know I know I'm the best quarterback in the league. Uh, if my knee's fucked up, I won't play. But I guess we can move on to another matchup. Let's move on to Mike. Versus Laurent. So this is our first in you win, or sorry, win you in and lose you're out. So um, right now, the projections, the sleeper projections are 147.07 to 128.83. You know, I think that we'll have a pretty good indication right off the top uh on thursday night uh how laurent's team you know so much is tied to the um to the cowboys right it's like if the cowboys do not play well um it's going to be hard for him to uh overcome so i'm looking at this let's i'm just going to kind of break down uh you know my take on laurent's team going into it excuse me um, and it, he does have Rogers on by, which, you know, he's got Wentz and he's got Prescott and Wentz is, I believe the QB 11 so far. And, you know, Dak had is the QB 10, but also had missed some, missed some time. So he, he's pretty stacked at the, or he's pretty solid at, um, the QB, but I think that he's not as solid as, uh, as Mike is obviously, because he has Laurent, or sorry, he has a uh, Lamar Jackson who's at seven and uh, Jalen hurts. Who's like number two or something. Um, sorry. I keep pressing the wrong buttons here. Yeah. Just, yeah, just to two. go back to Wentz though. Uh, he's playing there. The Colts are playing Houston. So um, as I was right. saying, the other, um, the other, uh, uh, the other game, matchup. Um, other matchup. Um, you know, Houston's a not a great team, and I remember watching the first quarter when they first played them. It was one of those. I think that was the first time I was like really legitimately frustrated with Frank Wright because it was like the first two drives. I think Jonathan Taylor had one carry. Um, so this might be another one of those games. Like, let me show how smart he was to trade for Carson Wentz and. Um, you know, throw the ball a lot because they're not really a threat. <laughs> like it, it, it's like, let me. It, it would be like if uh, uh, like Steph Curry is like, I think I can shoot the ball left-handed, and if I play a crappy enough team, I'm gonna just start shooting threes with my left hand. But it's like you, you make a lot of threes with your right hand. Jason Taylor plays really well. No, no, I'm gonna try left hand. Um. So, you know, Carson Wentz could have a good game. And then last week, as I kind of predicted, <laughs> that I was like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders won and, and blew out the Cowboys. Or not blew out, but, like, beat the Cowboys. 
Um, so I think, I think that match is very teetering because I also think New Orleans might be trying to have like a really dominant game, but I I think Dallas could put up like fifty. Like if New Orleans, if if Taysom Hill inspires the team, I think like Dallas can score fourteen. But I also could see New Orleans being done, and Dallas puts up fifty. Yeah, I, I feel like you know I'm looking at the I think the over under is forty seven and a half for the Dallas um, New Orleans game, and I think that's because of Taysom Hill in the way of like there's going to be a lot of run plays, um, and a lot of like the clock's going to keep moving, so. Uh, 47 isn't like a terrible over-under, but it isn't very good over-under either. And just like we were talking about with Matt, um, when you have a lot of your team attached to one team, it can low, it can, uh, it like increases your ceiling and also lowers your floor, right? Because if it's like, if you have uh, Dak Prescott, CD Lamb, and Dalton Schultz, and all they put up 14 points, and it's two run, rushing touchdowns. You're going to lose that. You know that's three of your your spots. Your <clears throat> your QB one, your wide receiver one, and your tight end that could really suffer. So I think that it's kind of like just below these project, pro, projections for each of these players. Uh, maybe Dak is like 18, 19. Um, CD Lamb might get that touchdown, and Dalton Schultz, you know, has an okay game. Maybe he gets a touch. Like, I think that there's one touchdown between CD Lamb and Dalton Schultz. So I'm a little worried about Laurent pulling this off, but he is, you know, he just won last week against, <laughs> against Mike with Lamar Jackson throwing, you know, uh for interceptions and as like let's switch over to or i'll switch over you can always jump back amen but like you know they're at pittsburgh lamar jackson is at pittsburgh and i look at that and go is he gonna have one of those like i'm bouncing back i'm gonna like still crush or is he gonna have a game where he you know last week so last last seven nine points so the last seven weeks, he's only scored more than 16 points twice. Yeah. Which, like, that's uh, that's yeah, okay. bad that's bad quarterback. Like, it's not it's not crushing quarterback some of those weeks, but like, you know, he's got a couple single digits and you know, an eleven pointer. Um, but you know, after that big game against the Colts, like he's just kinda it's just kind of been mediocre. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the reason that Laurent won last week was because both um, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts had single-digit games, right? Like, they both put up, you know, their projections. Yeah, you know, and the projections are 20-plus. He, obviously, the game is much closer was there is there actually a I chance mean I think that... the, I think I think Laurent won because he got 40 points from Fournette <laughs> oh yeah right so you know who knows like you know I I 
obviously with Fournette's um, uh, rise to prominence again, um, it does it does affect the rest of that Tampa Bay offense, and I think I think nobody has an ego on that team really. Um, surprisingly, like it's I mean once Brown comes back it'll be interesting, but it seems like Mike Evans is cool with whatever, and Chris Godwin hasn't said anything yet. Um, so who knows how long like Fournette's expected to get two or three touchdowns? So, you know, that's the type of player that could just carry him to a championship. Um, mm-hmm. For sure, and he's going up against Atlanta, which is probably like they might get out to a quick lead and then just pound. You know, um, it might not be as bad as the, the Detroit game last year, but I definitely could see it being like really dominant first half, and then like let's let's catch our breath and because. That game, I don't know if you remember, like Tom Brady scored like 35 fantasy points in the first half and didn't play in the second half. Um, yeah, it's, it, I, I feel like a lot of the time, though, like the Tom Brady teams, they just they don't let up. Like unless if it's like 28 seven. Yeah, I guess that, you know, a team could come back and win, but they still like they still like add points. Uh, they still kind of get after it. But um you know, I, I think that the big discrepancy looking at these two teams, because, you know, for the most part, you know, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts versus Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, it, it, it does tip towards Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, Josh Jacobs, Alexander Madison, Fournette, Gaskin, you know, maybe again uh, tips towards uh, Mike. Fant and Schultz is like a toss-up. Um, but I do think that the, a big difference is that wide receiver core, the two wide receiver cores. You know, Chase, Hopkins, Johnson, they're all like at any time could have a big game. Sanders and Green, like Sanders was having a great season, but really has tailed off here towards, towards the back half. And he hasn't scored double-digit points since week six. So he he's no longer one of those like favorite targets of uh, with you know I think that Stefan Diggs has been coming on in the second half of the season or second half of our season and AJ Green you know like may get a touchdown but he doesn't have that like two or three touchdown game in him so I I think that like that's where Mike will or has a big separation. Um, you know, if you add up the projection projected points for these two wide receiver cores, one's at, you know, 37, the other one's at 30, about 31. So I, I think that that's a, there. And then also at the um, James Conner, Melvin Gordon in the flex. Yeah. So James, um, James yeah. Conner coming on is a big deal. Yeah. So, um, Mike. yeah. Uh, so uh, just, Going back because there is some stuff. Uh, with you know, I think I think this week um, because you're bringing up James Conner, I think Arizona is going to try to put like a stamp on the season again because I think everybody kind of like since Kyler hasn't been healthy and they haven't tanked, there isn't like Kyler needs to come back right away. It's like they've been good, but I I think you know with Hopkins and Kyler coming back. I could see very much this being like a Hopkins like big touchdown game, um, and I think they will also 
run fewer uh, run design plays for Kyler in the red zone um, with the ankle just to kind of keep stuff easy. So the fact that they normally run like the James Conner up the middle like 60% of the time when they're inside the five, I think it's probably going to be like 80% of the time. Um, So I think he's good for two touchdowns. I could see Hopkins getting two or three touchdowns. Um, And this really just being like, hey, all you other teams, you're kind of jokes. We're we're the offense, and our defense knows how to play with this offense. So we're going to – this might be a very ugly game early, I think. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know what the Chicago weather is like. That might affect that one. Um, You know, and and Jalen Hurts, like he just got embarrassed uh, playing the the Giants – um, and now he's back up here to play the Jets, which allows him to embarrass somebody. Um, and I, you know, I, I think Mike losing Dalvin Cook hurts. Like I, I think that Madison getting 17 points as somebody who had Madison for a couple games last year when Cook was hurt, he didn't, re- he didn't return 80% of Cook. He more, he, I think more often than not, he had like five points. Uh, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here, but that's definitely like that's if I'm looking down, um, I think Jacobs might not. I think Washington defense might be back to where it was last year because every team that they played the last three or four weeks has like been shut down. Um, so I think I could see Josh Jacobs putting in like four or five points. Uh, Lamar Jackson could be kind of like what he did last week against the Browns and just not play that great. Madison can be below expectations. The wide receiving core is good. That should carry him. Um, Fant could be a really good play. And Connor and, and Hertz, as I've discussed, I think those are really good matchups. And and the Cowboys' defense is a very good play this week because there's probably going to be a lot of, like, Taysom running around and taking sacks. And that's going to, you know, even without turnovers, that's putting the Cowboys easily into double digits, I think, on, on points. Um, so just a little a little tidbit because you mentioned it, the Chicago game, Chicago Arizona game in Chicago <clears throat> in Chicago, currently uh, the weather forecast is a seventy percent chance of rain Ooh. and fifteen mile an hour winds and a high of forty eight and a low of twenty nine. That might be a really. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take my uh, three touchdowns for Hopkins down. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think he'll get a touchdown. Like feed, con- yeah. Um, Maybe this is also under that. <laughs> this is also one of my takes. I kind of want to bring up a couple weeks ago, um, and I'm not fully de- de- uh, uh, defending Baker, um, but there are places, there are stadiums where it's definitively harder to throw the ball in the second half of the season. Um, the Meadowlands, whatever stadium it's called, uh, used to be called Giant Stadium, and now it's MetLife. Like, that place, once it gets to November, your accuracy drops, like, your completion percentage. I think that's part of Baker. So, like, there's always, like, September Baker is awesome. But then also, like, once it gets to the end of the year, it's Baker is going to complete, like, 59% of his passes. Um, but he's not smart enough to realize that, and it seems like the coach might be aware of it, but he doesn't want to say it aloud. He's like, yeah, we're going to pay a lot of money for two running backs because it's really hard to throw the ball here in November and December. So if you ever want to win, 
it's on the running backs um, and our offensive line and defense. Like, it's it's built right, but they don't have the right quarterback because uh, he's an egomaniac. But yeah, I think um, that definitely lowers my expectations for that. But I still think I still think Arizona probably moves the ball decently, and you're looking at two touchdowns probably pretty easily with Connor. So, who do you have winning this matchup? I have Mike um, winning it. I just think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe now I'm like, like, like looking. I'm like, the my biggest, the biggest hole in Ron's roster is Gaskins. Uh, Gaskin, if he, if he does like his every other week, it seems like he's like an every other week player. Or I guess he's been consistent. He's been pretty three weeks. Pretty yeah, three out of four. Yep. So it, it seems like he's back as long as he doesn't put up like one of these seven or five point games. Um, you know, Miami might be this really hot team at the end of the year. I, I picked up Devontae Parker because somebody said like on one of those like YouTube uh, fantasy pro um, videos, like the 10 minute ones that are like, it's like, here, pick up this player. He's coming back. And I'm like, I probably won't play Parker, but Parker was really good early. And I, I, I just, I have a weird feeling like, Washington's defense is coming back live. I think Miami's defense is probably coming back live, as well as, uh, um, you know, maybe their offense is working well. Um, you know, Cam. I mean, I I think the Panthers were very lucky this weekend. I know it doesn't sound that way, but having the reality of Cam comp- completing five of twenty-one passes. And going like, oh wait, yeah, this is why this guy's been on the, on the thing. Also, it'd be really nice if um, all the like hot take experts could go, oh yeah, <laughs> if you start a player who's not played this year, they're gonna be terrible. Because this also happened with uh, Josh, Josh Freeman, um, when he got cut by the Buccaneers and he was signed by uh, the Vikings and he was terrible. It's like it's really hard to come to a new team and play really well. Like even if you like. Even if Philip Rivers did just come back and start to play, it would look awful. <laughs> like any of these guys, like good, bad, like it, you know, I don't know if you put Tom Brady on the Broncos' offense next week, how good it would look for a month. Um, so I know that distance Cam was on Ron Cena, I thought it was something interesting. Um, you know. It does feel like at any point in time the floor can come out on Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, they might just be like, we want to do something different, but I don't know. He keeps, uh, he, he keeps producing, right? He's he's still he was he's the RB nineteen on the year. He's I mean, still... you don't you don't pull him from your lineup. It's just no. it's just one of those things where it's like. And especially because he has an old school coach, so you're not gonna look. You're not look. He's not like looking for right. like. Let's just put a random person in there. It's like no, this guy's performing. We're gonna leave him in, but it just Javante looks good, and I just wonder if they think like, if we gave Javante, um, Jonathan Taylor number of touches, does he go for 180? Which the two of them aren't going for 180 together, but like that is like something sometimes coaches think about. Um, and like I said, like you, you keep playing Gordon because he's he's playing well, but it is just like one of those fears. Like it's, you know, back in the day when Eli Manning was drafted by the Giants, 
Kurt Warner was five and one, and they benched him <laughs> for Eli, and then Eli won one game the rest of the year, which was the right decision historically because it seems like they probably wouldn't have set up right otherwise. But um, that does happen, like where randomly, no matter how good the veterans playing, they put the young guy in. Um, I think like the best thing for this matchup or the fun thing for this matchup would be a big game from Dallas on Thursday. I mean, if, if they just come out and just have, and just go ham, it'd be like, Oh, interesting. Because clearly here, you know, Laurent is the underdog and like a bad game from Dallas would be, would kind of sink them. So I'll be cheering just for, for it to be interesting. I'll be cheering for, Dallas to have a big game. Uh, but I do think I'm with you that Mike takes it um, and, and moves on. Anything else you want to say about this? No, I think uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting matchup. It's the, if you talk about it in the, in the beginning of the season, it's probably the second most draft capital team versus team with the least. So one of the favorites going into the season versus the, the the most least, underdog yeah. of underdogs so most you know, underdog it's a fun yeah it's a fun one week fantasy like this is what happens random this happens and you're, you're at this point Whoa! sickest burn of all time hey mundo miss soltis you both get the show i'm still picking up my jaw and ego from that sick ass burn i'm not sure what's worse watching all my shortcomings on wax like that or watching russell wilson struggle for three straight weeks after getting drafted by jay having top three weeks three out of the first four weeks then earning some pins in the finger from aaron donald sitting four weeks and combining for 10 points and ending my season brado Mundo, russell wilson is back danger russ wilson but i think i'm done done with pete carroll uh when he's winning his old man stick is charming when he's not he's annoying i'm done with dk metcalf's route tree can he not run a slant or a cross why is it all go routes i'm done with russell wilson's finger and him not running the ball anymore back in my day Russell Wilson ran the ball and won games. I'm done with Chris Carson for a quarter of a season. I'm tired of the loud mouth safety from LSU with no hands. He actually caught an interception the other day, but nonetheless. I need a new team. I need a new favorite player. I might need security. I hate that. But best sleep I ever got was me going to sleep on the Seahawks and me not seeing them go three and out all night. Big brother Matt in the playoffs again. <sighs> I think whoever wins this league this year, I think the league is hoping it's not Matt and his fraud team. Top heavy team. Nothing without 40 points from Patty Mahomes' team. Here are my top three picks to win the big one. Number three, Willie. I was hard on you all year, and I have more for you towards the end of this rant, but 
I think the league wants to see you play for the chip in another 60 to 59 win. Now that, my friends, is old school fantasy football. Number two. Laurent in the playoffs for the second year in a row. Some would even call you the taco of the league. That's inside. But just like that, you're back for the culture. And my number one pick to win the chip. Frank, say my last name right, damn it, Ray Day-Day or Day-Day. You were mocked for tossing back digs, but can you dig it now? Me wheeling and dealing all year just to end up not in the playoffs. You either Bradley your way to a consolation round, or you Bradley your way to a championship. Speaking of the Andersons, was anyone else secretly hoping J.D. McKissick and Scary Terry combined for exactly six points? Or was that just me? I dare you at the start of the season to take a look at my lineups at any point of the season and tell me I wouldn't be in the playoffs. Top three projections all weeks. Prolific players, terrible coaches, terrible luck. But also, choices like leaving Jalen Waddle on the bench when he finishes as the wide receiver one do not help my case. I suck. CMC you later to being a first round pick. Miles Garrett, I don't think you should be getting that close to Lamar Jackson, a dude who is always mysteriously sick and who had COVID twice. Speaking of COVID, Aaron Rodgers. From now on, none of your wins count. None of your championships count. Until, of course, you're throwing touchdown passes to Darren Waller or Kyle Pitts. Then I'll love you again, Aaron Rodgers. That's when your arrogance will turn back to charm. Until then, you are the immunized man. Maybe we should all eat whatever Willie's been eating or make whatever deal he's made with the devil because the way you mucked up every game this year and made the best play it 56 to 78. It's some real crazy juju. Speaking of juju, happy Hanukkah to Juju Smith-Schuster, Tariq Cohen, and Anthony Schwartz. What, hap what happened there? What? They aren't what? What about Amari? Oh, oh, sorry, fine. Fellas, those are the weekend reactions. Um, all right, now let's turn to the person that nobody wants to face, Willie Orbison versus Frank. Um, right now in the projections, Willie is projected to score 115.05. And Frank is projected to win a hundred or score 133.64. Uh, why don't you start, Eamon, uh, talking about Frank's team? Um, let me reset because I was gonna take a victory lap. Uh, take a victory I'm gonna lap. start. I'm gonna start with the the Rams. Uh, um, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the round or the Willie's team. Okay. Um, I am wondering. Uh, you know, it seems like Matthew Stafford has begun to play poorly, but it doesn't reflect in fantasy 
for as well as he was playing early season, it seems like he's basically scoring the same amount of points. So, you know, the Rams can lose, but Matt Stafford still gets is, is good. Um, that's the you know that's the thing we're facing here. Um, is it almost feels like you're walking on ice with Matt Stafford right now because there's all the reports of him being hurt. And it feels like this could be like one of those old school Matt Stafford games as somebody who used to have him on his fantasy team all the time um, where he puts up like a five-point game because he's just, he's too banged up and it's not working. Um, you know, and then that would obviously affect Van Jefferson. Uh, you know, he might, Willie might have really lucked into this weird stack because of the Woods injury. Um, but also the question is, now that OBJ has a touchdown, will they decide, like, we just need to move him up to number two? Because while he may not be great all the time, he'll make that big play that we need. Um, that will be, that will be a thing. And, you know, they're playing a really bad Jacksonville team. That you know, maybe the coach, maybe the coach will burn all their britches, burn all the Senefel britches, and go take uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I don't think he would do Notre Dame, but just because you know they don't want their uh, coach having blondes grind on them after losses in Cleveland. Uh, but I, you know, I think that Rams game can be very big for Willie. And that's you know that's why like even though he's 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 a underdog in this matchup, that's the kind of weird. This is kind of the weird game that like even though Stafford could get five, he could have five or six touchdown passes because Jacksonville is just dogs and two of them are to Van Jefferson and there's a defensive touchdown. Um, he's very dependent on that looking at his team and he's also got a little bit of the the Dallas game so that may play. And like man. Naji, did something happen with Naji? No. Because I, no, I, I heard somebody yeah. on one of the fantasy things I was listening to talk about, like, well, I'm going to get Benny Snell this week and ahead. I don't know if they're just saying, like, because he played poorly last week or he got low numbers last week, they think he might have hit the rookie wall. No, I mean, he was at a blowout loss. Like, Cincinnati was hanging up 31 points. It was like 31 to 3 in the in the third quarter, the second quarter. Like, it's like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger couldn't throw a ball. <laughs> and, and Cincinnati just dominated. So it's like, are you going to like – Najee Harris is that guy who gets, you know – all the touches gets stuff out of the gets the checkdowns when it's close game and like we haven't seen I don't think we've seen too many Pittsburgh blowout losses this year and that's why Najee has you know so far he has two games the first game and last week that are single digits everything else is like double digits and there's one other game that's below 15 points. So I think that there's not, you know, I don't think that he got hurt. There's no reports like that. I think that, you know, projecting him at 16 points is like maybe even low. We'll see what, you know, how Baltimore handles it. But um, yeah, I just, I, I just weirdly heard somebody say, like, I'm picking up Benny Snell. I'm like, why are you picking up Benny Snell? Don't do that. Um, yeah. With, 
you know, I, I, I'm like, I don't know how Willie wins. I like, maybe he wins with the Van Jefferson, the, the LA Rams versus Jacksonville. That's nice that it's at home. It's coming off of a loss, like kind of an important loss. It's, you know, there's no, they cannot lose this game. They need to like get back on track. They've had three losses in a row, I believe. Um, so I would not be surprised if, you know, the Rams, I think have beat one. Yeah. They beat one uh, like playoff bound team, which is uh, the Bucks. Um, and then they beat, you know, they beat up on kind of uh, not playoff teams, loser teams. So, maybe they just come out and just sort of like, we're going big. We just want to like prove, you know, that we're, we're still uh, someone like a team to contend with. And that would be good for Willie. Um, and, you know, there's two kind of, I, I feel like really good, not pickups, but plays that have been happening. Uh, one on each of these teams. One is, you know, he drafted him, but Elijah Moore has come on pretty strongly um, in the last five weeks. Uh, he's had one uh, not double-digit week, which was last week. He is going up against Philadelphia, who supposedly are good against the wide receivers. And on the other side, um, with Frank, Hunter Renfro is kind of like creeping in and having like a, a very good – he's had – in the last, three out of the last four weeks has had 14 plus points. So I think that those are, you know, those Elijah Moore could have a huge game. Now, Zach Wilson is the difference between <laughs> him having a good, you know, a good game. Uh, he, he came back in last week um, and all the, the Mike Whites, the Joe Flacco's uh, were the ones that were giving him all those double digit points. But, you know, I feel like Willie's got, you know, magic in his, in his plays and could just upset, you know, the, the difference between Willie and Frank is the same difference between um, Laurent and Mike, you know, give or take a couple points. So it's not crazy to think that Willie could overtake or Frank could just lay a dud. And, and, and Willie doesn't have Tannehill. I just he doesn't have a, a second QB. Um, oh yeah, that hurts. That's a big. I mean, he's him. he. You know, just um, getting back to Hunter Renfro. It seems like Hunter Renfro stole all of uh, Darren Waller's like fruity pebbles yeah. or something. Uh-huh. And now that like now that like Darren Waller is not even coming to the kitchen table, it's like I'll just have the whole box. I'm gonna eat out of the box, and I feel like. You know, that could be 10 catches, 75 yards, and two TDs, and you're like, I guess that's really good. <laughs> it just looks it's a little West Welkery. Um, it seems like Derek Carr is playing football from like eight years ago when, um, you know, West Welker and Julian Edelman were playing with Tom Brady and, and uh, Peyton Manning, and that's how, like, offenses were run through that weird slot receiver. But I just – I don't think – I don't think it's a winning formula, but it doesn't it doesn't stop Derek Carr. Derek Carr don't care about no wins. Uh, he's gonna play the way he wants to play. Um, you so know, what do you think about uh, Frank's team? So yeah, I think 
you know, he... I mean, Austin Eckler is just like... I feel like I don't hear enough about him. Like, as, you know... He's he's probably right behind Jonathan Taylor as the most valuable player this year as far as uh, fantasy goes. Um, he's the number two running back. He's number two running back and seventh overall. Like So he's ahead of like a lot of players, probably like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, um, like surprising ones. Yeah, he's he's ahead of Lamar Jackson for points. Like, And Lamar Jackson missed one game, right? Uh, so like it's, you know... I think that guy, like Fournette, could carry Frank to a championship. You know, I don't think that 38-point game is a complete outlier. Um, I think he can continue to get high points and double digits and feel comfortable and safe with that. Um, yeah, I mean, he he has uh, a 38, a 30, and a 28, which, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that you win those weeks, but having that out of one position – you know, he's got a couple north of 20, too. So it's like he's – and only two non-double-digit games. So, I mean – So, like, the yeah, last he, month he, – he, he could blow it out. So the last month or so, um, a lot of the, like, sixth-highest-scoring team was, like, 105, 108. Um if you have a guy scoring 30 points, you're at least you it, you you're pretty good to get at a 50-50 shot of winning. Um and that's, you know, that's why those guys matter so much. Like I think that's I I think that gives them a big start. Um the Tony Pollard call, you know, it it doesn't hurt you per se, but it hasn't paid off lately. Like if you looked a lot since like week 8, he's got 3.2, 4.8 Twelve point eight, eight points, eight point eight. So it's it's you know, it's a little surprising to see him have Tony Pollard in over uh, uh, Devonte Freeman, or I think Devin Sinclair has been pretty. Yeah, it's fine. They're about the same. Um, I'm I'm just surprised to see to see him in there. Um, you know, there's a lot of red on on Frank's team though. Um, not a lot, but like Burrow and Knox and then Pollard and Cousins and Arns. But like that to me suggests that like, you know, if if Minnesota does well and gets blows Detroit out, I, I don't think they'll blow out. I, I have a weird feeling that this Minnesota-Detroit game is going to be, uh, let's say, 16 to 11. Something really weird and ugly, and you're like, and this is why nobody <laughs> takes you seriously. It's going to be a one-score game. Your offense isn't going to look awesome, but it's going to do well enough, and I'll probably go down to the last possession. Um, and, like, he plays to the level of his opponent. If he has to score a lot of points and compete with the team, the Vikings do that. If they're playing a bad team that can't score, he won't score. Um Crazy that he's the QB nine right now. He just, I mean, Jefferson and Thielen, man, Jefferson and Thielen again. Uh, you know, he, I keep thinking that we've talked about this a lot, and it's partly why I traded him. Is like Thielen's gonna fall off. He, Thielen, he just keeps figuring it out. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, I think Thielen. 
I think I think people are like, this can't possibly happen. It's like at a certain point, mm-hmm. like the Antonio Gates, like there are there is a skill to scoring touchdowns. Like <laughs> we can't apply it thoroughly across a large pool, so people don't want to acknowledge it. But there's a reason why Julio Jones doesn't score touchdowns. There's a reason why Adam Thielen does. Um, different body structures, the way they go in and out of moves, like. You know there is a reason to that so i think adam Thielen, as long as he's relatively healthy is probably always going to be like a, a wide receiver two in fantasy just because mm-hmm. quarterbacks will like him like if they move off kirk cousins this year which i think is possible um i think they'll keep Thielen, and if they have a rookie quarterback or uh, whew, i didn't think about this i mean cause they have to trade rogers right so like they're not going to trade him to minnesota they may he not wouldn't go him. full Brett Favre, would he? They may not trade him. You never know. They may keep him. You know, uh, you know, with the quick Packer talk, um, the team. I think this is one of the best teams Rodgers has ever had. So, like to move off of to move out of town, uh, he's not going to move to a better team. Like I, it's hard to think of a team that's like better set up than the Packers are for him, especially because it's, you know, he's oddly like, he's the one that was like, go get me Randall Cobb. And it's not because Randall Cobb is the most elite uh, player. It's because Randall Cobb worked with him for how many years and knows like they know each other. So I'm betting that, you know, as much as I'm like, I want them to ship, Rogers out to get picks and just kind of like let's start the new the next thing I could see them being like all right let's do three more years let's do four let's do four more years of give him what he wants and because and he'll be like yeah because it's like they know the headache that he is and they're willing to deal with it and maybe they're like okay and we'll give you some you know input on the team because they look as good as they've ever looked that I can remember um, that defense I, is solid in the last three weeks. I mean, the, here's the question. Like he's a very arrogant, crazy fucking person. And you can go back to my thing. I'll try not to go into it, but he's a very selfish, arrogant person. And the problem with those people is they're so narcissistic. They don't have any self-awareness, but if I wondering if the backlash, he finally goes like, Oh shoot, I have a great deal. Like, everybody's lying for me in green bay like because i'm a crazy fucking person who has a 500 page thing um i don't know if he did 500 page research on his broken toe but if he wants to to send that out uh that'd be great um but i don't think this stuff will fly in other cities like i generally think the way the packers covered for that like and like nobody has come out and said anything bad about him tells you that like it's a hostage situation where everybody knows that like if if a lineman or a defensive player says like that's fucked up that Rogers did that, um, they'll get cut or it'll be awkward because like he's just such a passive aggressive a hole. Um, so he might be aware enough that he knows he can't go to Denver because, you know, they may not be big stars, but Jerry Judy might be like screw this guy like he's wrong like we're going in team meetings, the OC is telling me to run this way and then Rogers is like no ignore that it's like. Yeah, but that that doesn't work. And, um, you know, I I do wonder if LaFleur 
starts getting his own like little big head like of just like I, I don't want Rogers nonsense. Like I've built a team. Like LaFleur maybe maybe it's all Rogers, but I also think LaFleur might be one of these like next great coaches. Um, yeah, I think LaFleur is great. Um so we don't have to spend too much more on the time Packers, but I yeah. I don't I think he might be aware that like he's not gonna leave he doesn't want to leave. I also don't think his body's holding up. Like he he's doing the thing he did two years ago where like some of his throws are very short. <laughs> like I don't he doesn't have Brady's body. And he doesn't he clearly doesn't care or respect his body enough to, you know, keep it from getting a vac getting a vaccine, but yet still gets the disease. Um I I think I don't think he has five years. I think he has two more years at tops. Like I think we start seeing him fade by the end of two years from now. But um yeah, so I yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I will be interested to see who goes to Minnesota as the quarterback, whether it's the keep cousins. I don't know if there's a great free agent one. Uh maybe maybe the Giants move on from Daniel Jones and they sign Daniel Jones and say, like, let's let's do this and draft a second round quarterback and see what happens. Um but Um, so getting back to Frank's team, we <clears throat> um you know, I think that – I actually think that this is more of a toss-up than it looks because I'm just not convinced that, you know, that his team is going to perform. You know, I think that he's got Cousins, Eckler, Burrow, Knox. You know, like he has guys that they can but don't – can perform but don't always, like – Eckler, I'm. I feel like okay that he's going to get some good points there. But like, am I convinced that Lockett, Marquise Brown are going to have big games? No. Am I convinced that like Tony Pollard's going to have a big game? Not really. Like, so Brown Brown's maybe, surprisingly been consistent. That's the one thing is like now that I'm like looking at his stats, like he's not he's not that boom and bust player we think of him as like, I think he'll be a solid fourth or fifth round pick next year. But so I, I think, I think he's probably well set to get like minimum of 10 points, but could go have a high next one. Um, but yeah, I think Knox could definitely be shut down by like, I have a weird, like ugly, I don't, I don't know if you have your weather app up for NFL cities, but you know, Josh Allen, cold, rainy new England day, Bill Belichick, I think that offense could really just like Peter. But this is in it's in Buffalo, right? It's in Buffalo. No, yeah, it's, it's in Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo is still yeah. terrible weather. Still, but like I, I just look at like I, I'm just not convinced that it's it's a as clear cut as it may look in the projections. No, um, no, no, I agree. Yeah, I, and I, I think I, that I wasn't really joking. I think Willie could win. I mean, the second QB thing's an issue, but if like. Jacksonville just gives up those long touchdowns to Jefferson. Like that'll be the, that's the key. It's like, did OBJ and his long touchdown mean they have to play him more than Jefferson? If so, I think Willie has a hard time. Like it really to me, Willie's chances comes down to the Rams with Stafford and Jefferson. If they're hooking yeah, up, it's, it's a big day. He has got a chance, but otherwise, it's a massive uphill battle. Yeah, and that you know that Jackson that. Rams Jacksonville game is at home, and I just think that like they're just gonna 
go. They're just like that's a game that I could see them put up like thirty five points and just like everybody gets a piece. So okay, so who do you have winning this? Um, I will go against what I've been joking about. Um, I'll say Frank wins. I think I think I think Eckler is just. He's the best player on either. I mean, Najee's good. Um, I just feel like Eckler's the a team. Eckler's gonna have a big week this week, and I think that's the team. I am gonna go with Willie. I'm gonna say Willie. Like <laughs> he pulls one more out and then doesn't win in the semis because it's hard to do it for two weeks. But like, um, I think that he just pulls out one a little bit more Willie magic, and um. You know, the Rams get 25 points or something. <laughs> something ridiculous. The Rams defense gets 25 points. Um, okay. So, so before we move on to the consolation bracket, let's hmm? let's rank uh, without like looking specifically into their like week 14 and 15 buys or whatever like that. Just mm-hmm. rank who you would pick blindly if you had the chance to pick and play them for two for week uh 14 and 15. So I would, um, I would not pick Mike. Uh, and yeah, it would be basically the projections here. Um, I would say Mike, Frank, um, Laurent, Willie, I'd still pick Willie in in a two week match. Like if I had the choice, I'd go up against Willie in a two week matchup because I think that it averages out I'm not, like a good playoff team may have one stinker of a week, but having two stinkers of a week against a guy who's most likely going to have two stinkers. I, I would pick Willie first and then Laurent and then Frank and then Mike. So I would you? probably, I would probably go Willie first, then Frank, because the, the thing about Laurent and Mike's team is especially with the way Matt and, and Henry teams have kind of broken down now with like, they're not, I'm not scared of them. I, I genuinely think I will, uh, I have a chance to outscore all the playoff teams the next five weeks. And I think, I think Jay might have a chance to, we'll see. Uh, I like Jay's team. Um, but, and Ray, I think Ray could outscore all, um, these playoff teams the next five weeks um just because like they're just so uh they've lost just the top end um but when you do that i feel like i don't want to face a good qb uh stack so that's why like laurent with cd lamb just feels like if you got back-to-back weeks where they where cd lamb catches two touchdowns that's a lot of points (laughs) like that's just like a lot of points between Dak and CD Lamb, and like, mm. cause you, cause over that two weeks, you're hoping one of like the more reliable players just has a bad two weeks, but also like this could be really ugly, and you have like Dak and CD Lamb having back to back dominant weeks. That's why like I slightly fear Laurent more than Frank, um, cause I don't think Austin Eckler is gonna have back to back thirty point games, but. CD Lamb and Dak could just do some damage. Um, and then Mike Glass just because it seems best. Yeah, I guess the only reason that I say Frank over uh, over Laurent is a big piece that is missing out of 
Frank's lineup this week, which is Devontae Adams, which we're, is, we're not seeing. And I think that if you put Devontae Adams back in there, um, you know, and you probably put then Dawson Knox as your tight end and Hunter Renfro as your, as your flex or something like that. I think that his team just looks a little scarier. Because uh, I think that, you know, Adams, it's, it's nice because there's in, in the NFL right now, there's no one that is, um, you know, and probably won't be for multiple weeks, uh, probably through our whole playoffs. Like everyone's going to be playing for stuff. Like the way that the playoff system is in the NFL, having only one team that gets the buy, that's like teams are going to be playing hard to get and and there's so many teams still in it we're obviously we're still we've got six games left but um yeah i, I just think that like Devonte adams is going to continue to produce um and that's what makes him like scarier uh than than laurent okay cool um let's Quickly look at the consolation bracket. We'll get more into this, guys, next week. Uh, Can we and we'll do kind of break it quick. Um, I'm yeah. gonna do. Um, so my stat of the week, um, because I have, I don't know if it's Napole- it's not Napoleon, but I have some other kind of disease where I just, I guess it's narcissism. But I do there look at go. stuff through my uh, my uh, purview, and like, you know, I. Uh, I'll get out the stat and I'll go back into my monologue. So I decided to up the total points uh, scored, points for, by all the teams in each division. And I came up with a total. Um, third uh, third points for on the season is the Brother Grimm's division with 5,707.04 points. The second division uh, is the Cauldron at 5,750.62, which is like, that's, you know, that's pretty close. And then the, by the skin of our teeth, which we clearly weren't by the skin of our teeth, we scored 5,926.02. So I think that establishes, uh, I think me and Jay can feel good. I think by, by Jay's point total, I think he's, uh, seventh or eighth for points for so like even though his season felt bad he he did a pretty good job managing like he just didn't get his breaks um so i think that's just i just think that's interesting to kind of look at that and check on that because it's the end of the season um i also did as i I think i texted you um eight out of the 12 weeks i was a top six team in points for so theoretically if you were to do that with the Henry scoring system where you get a win if you're the top six. Uh, I think I would have probably had a much better record. Um, to so. be to be fair, uh, in my division, and I think that this is, you know, it says something because, uh, you know, Laurent and Mike both got in seven, at seven, they didn't get in because of seven and five, uh, uh, Mike got in because of points four, but um, he, he did get seven wins. Uh, I was 
basically 150 points at 100, maybe 175 points. So that whole like discrepancy between our division, my division and your division is basically me. So that they got to play me in the second, like the second part of the division, the second round of division games, uh, I think boosted, you know, Laurent's chances of getting in. Like he didn't, they all got basically a gimme. And that's why maybe Matt gets in uh, the number two seed. So I think it's a little skewed. Uh, well, I mean, it's we, a little we skewed ha- because of me, but. So my, I mean, I, I hear your point you're saying there, but three of the top five scoring teams were in my division. Mm-hmm. That's like Mike outscored the teams in my division and Henry outscored the, my teams in my division. And then after that, three through five is my division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, I think Ryan is probably pretty hard considering what he traded for at this. Yeah. But, like, you know, this is... This is why it's also really fun to shake up the divisions every year because you're like you're facing a new group. I somehow always end up in the division with the most points. Um, I understand that's partly me scoring a lot of points, but it would be nice to like look at you know. I mean, you're terrible, but like nobody besides Henry got over fourteen hundred points in the Cauldron. That would be like a nice division to play in. Like it'd be yes. like. A little, little easy. Like it's not like a not a workout. It's not, but it's like you know we're on the treadmill. Mill, we're doing like a five point five. Like, oh, this is ginger. Um, it would feel good. So, but now we can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The the three and the the three besides me in my division are all you know fourteen fifty and above. So it's it's like you know it. I think looking at the divisions what I'm saying is probably the cauldron is the easiest division because you have three teams under 1400. And then, you know, so like your, your breakdown of points for, even though it's added up, maybe your division is the hardest division or your division is the hardest division, but I don't think that the, um, you know, the next would be brothers grim and not, not the cauldron based upon, you know, looking at, uh, looking at points for. Yeah, anyway, I, mean, I, uh, I think I think it's arguable just because I do believe in ma- uh, managing your roster, and I don't think points for is the ultimate defining thing. Um, but this is just more to point like because we don't have you know Matt and and Henry got by, so it, it looks like they're these dominant teams. But I, I think you know Frank and what Ryan did, and you know I don't. I will have a self-reflection on the season and I will self-scout and as I've talked to you, but I don't think like I did too much. I just, I had, I had teams that were good this year. Like Ryan did a good job. Frank good, good job. And that was just, you know, that's hard to come. Cause like at the end of the day, like I think Henry was four and two in his division and Matt was four and two in your division. And if, if you're not at least at that point, um, it's it's hard to really win, and you know that's how they get to eight and nine wins. And I think my division, I think my division, everybody was. No, I was I was two and two and four in my division. If I just do a little bit better in my division, I I win it. 
Um, all right, let's look at the constellation bracket. So in the constellation bracket is myself, Ryan, Eamon, Jay, Brian, and Ray. Um, so not much to talk about here right now, but let's just go quickly. Like you rank your projection of who's going to, from one to six, who's going to win the consolation bracket, or you can go six to one if you'd like. Um, I will. All right. I want to say Ryan. I really want to put Ryan okay. one, but he's okay. just gotten bad break after bad break. Like, it seems like Aaron Jones might be in somewhat of a timeshare. Um, there's reports that Daniel Jones might not play the rest of the season. So I, I can't believe Mike Glennon will be good for Barkley, and he's already battling health issues. Um, and McCaffrey's out, so he's relying on Chuba, who was getting less carries than Amir Abdullah, so like you're not even fully confident that Chuba was, will do what he was doing earlier. Um, so I will say... I'm... I'm going to do one through five because I don't really want to have the like people take shots at me. So I'll say non me. Um, no, you got to put yourself in there. What are you talking about? I'm not saying. I have I have Jonathan Taylor and Kyler Murray, who all the analysis suggests they have the easiest December, and they were two of the best players. So I'm not. You can hear that for what you want. I'm not. Picking. So you're putting yourself at one. And then... I, I'm, I'm removing myself from the conversation. But... You can't do that. That's not. Then just just put yourself at one. If people take shots at you. It's okay. It's fantasy football. Don't worry. About Fine. It. I'll put myself at one. But okay. There I you don't. Go. I don't feel. I think last year I felt better about like winning it. This year I don't think so. Just because Ray, and like I said, Ryan. I don't feel like Ryan has the range of outcome of scoring the most. I don't think that's probable with some of his breaks. And, like, he's also just gotten really lucky with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, like, does Jimmy start to play poorly now without Debo? I'm going to – all right, let me do it this way. I will say Ryan finishes third in points. Okay. I will then say um, Jay finishes second in points. I think, wow. I think, you know, he, he did a good job with Jamal Williams. I think there might be, like, a little bit, like, we got to show off Devontae Smith. Mark Andrews, tight ends are always great in December, so you always just kind of want to rely. I think every year Mark Andrews has played best in December. Um, and maybe and maybe uh, Trevor Lawrence has a new coach in a week or two, and <laughs> you don't have to put up with that nonsense. So... I feel I feel good about Jay's team. Um, I think uh, looking at Brian, I'll put him at. Let's see who else is on this list. You're six. Um, I'm let's six. Let's get that away. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, I'll put Brian good. at. I'll put Brian at five just because he gets bored easily. Um, love you, but you get bored easily. Like, he hasn't claimed a defense yet, so I think that's an indication. Uh, so let's see. So that's 6, 5, 
Who haven't I ranked? Well, Ray, where are you putting Ray? I have J at two. Yeah, J at two. So you're at one. I guess. J two. You put um, Ryan at three. All right, I'm gonna swap. I'm gonna put Ray at Ray at three, Ryan at four. Okay. I think so. You're. I think Ray has issues with his backfield moving forward. I think Daryl Henderson's his injury bug is starting to come to life, and uh, I I feel James Robinson's kind of dropped off a little bit. Yeah, he's kind of not. He's not doing what he was doing. Like he's kind of like. He missed a week with an injury. He had a good week coming back, but. Then he's just getting to that 11 point, so it's not quite the guy he was early in the season. Um, the dog in the background. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think, I mean, he would be best off if they don't play Daryl Henderson this week so he can just put in Sony and, and just feel confident. But I think, I think his running backs aren't set up for a great December. But I think he'll still do good because, you know, Waddle seems to be good, like, I, let me see what let me see what he was where was he drafted? Did he overdraft him? No, I mean that Jalen Waddle might be the best keeper. Like when you you've asked this question a couple times, he was mm -hmm. an eight oh one pick. So next year a seventh round pick. As long as they don't trade for Deshaun Watson, it seems like Jalen Waddle has that like you know I'm connected with that with my quarterback and like, he's going to look at me every chance. And I think that's, I think he could have a really good December. Like I really think the dolphins will have a good December. I think they'll probably easily go three and one. I haven't looked at their schedule, but that's the vibe of getting off that team. Um, and Evans, like I think Evans is due for a couple of big monster games where Brady feels like I have to, I have to keep these guys interested because we're going to the playoffs and I don't want them to think like I'm ignoring them just because Fournette's doing well. All right, so my list is different. My list is uh, coming in at number six, Ryan Ducey. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. That is – oh, my God. Okay, go on. I'm going to look at your roster. <laughs> it's so bad. My that roster is so not bad. cool. I am, I am playing like – like you pick up the like, worst backup quarterbacks every week just to have a body on your team. Like Mike, Mike Glennon might might be my starting. Mike Glennon might might uh, get. You have a look Trevor to... Simeon in. You have Trevor no, Simeon, Andy he's Dalton, this Mike Glennon, Mike White. Not one of your quarterbacks are definitely playing this week. <laughs> none of most most likely none of them are playing this week. You're gonna it's have probably... you're gonna have an ineligible roster according to your. Uh, your stance well, a couple weeks ago. Well, I'd have to put in, you know, a quarterback. They may not end up playing, but um, I'm going to take my my best guess. Okay, so and also um, you're not missing a quarterback from injury, so like you're not going to have a quarterback for December. That right, is yeah, such it's... a shot at Brian. Wow, that is. Not cool. <laughs> I, you know, I just can't put myself down at the bottom. I think that like. Um, like Hunter Renfro, I, I get scrappy and I figure out a way to, to beat Brian. Um, although all indications point that that's not going to happen. Okay, so me as Brian as six, me as five, I have um, 
I have uh, J at four. I have U at uh, three. I have Ryan at two, and I have Ray winning uh, the bracket or the consolation bracket so that he can really be proud of himself. So that's that's my that's my consolation bracket. I know at, at least one of those picks is going to be wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's it. All right, anything else to say before we wrap this up? Amy? Um, well, let's. Uh, I don't know. Did you did you watch the the video that was released on Monday? I did. I did watch the video. Yes. <laughs> if, if if people lost it. Go back through our feed. There's a uh, a a thirty for thirty commercial that came out, um, which I think is pretty pretty important. It's a nice little recap of somebody's season um, this year. Yeah, it was it was Ray. Um, I had I remember I so part of one of the things I did was like I had the idea because I think around it was the week McCaffrey got hurt or the week after maybe. And I was just like, oh man, he's having the worst luck. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna make a joke, or I'm gonna make a joke, thirty for thirty trailer about how his team is falling apart. And I think as I was like editing it, like I already had Jamie record, or I had our narrator, whoever that is, uh, record it. And like I saw my phone blow up, and I saw. I don't know if it was the first trade. It was the first trade where you yeah, where pretty- you got. Darren Waller for Baker, not the second trade where he then trades Darren Waller or trades a first round pick for Darren Waller again. Uh, but then I was like, "Oh, this is cruel!" Like his team is going down. That's like when I put in the chat, "Like stop making trades," because I think he made like a couple of those other like Aaron Rodgers for AJ Brown or whatever. Um, so then I stopped and got busy, and by the time I was able to get back to it, he had just beat me. That didn't feel like right. <laughs> didn't feel like the best time. So then I was just like, then he got on a hot streak, so it wasn't really funny. And then I was like, I'll wait till the end of the season where it can just be official and like put it. Because I didn't like the Aaron Rodgers clip at the beginning was not supposed to be there for, um, was not supposed to be there because of the COVID stuff. Aaron Rodgers said it was just because he had like. Aaron Rodgers, who was playing terribly, and then traded him away for nothing. Um, and then I included the clip of the trade for Darren Waller and Baker. And um, I think that's where I stopped because um, I think that maybe it was when the first round pick happened. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think it was received very well, which I'm super happy about. Um, I hope we get more fun like that with other people without it like going over the edge. Um, just be respectful, but I, I'm open for people spending 10 to 12 hours editing a minute video and taking some shots at me if it's done with love. Um, I think, I don't know if you feel that way. You can say you are, you aren't, but as long as it's done with love, I think we can keep doing this stuff and it'll feel fun and make the league continue to be better. Yeah. I, I have no ifs, ands, or buts about what people should definitely make fun of me um in any way that you'd like because this this year was a 
a, a fun one for me. At least the first three weeks were. Um, okay. Uh, game Thursday night. We'll all be watching because it has big implications on our fantasy playoff. Uh, as always, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, it's been a great season. Let's have a great playoff. It's kind of sad because we've only got five more weeks of lighting each other up in the chat. In I, this I already way. Googled, so, I Googled to see when the NFL, XFL uh, starts up, but it's at least another year away, so we don't have spring football or anything to spend our time and energy on. Um, all right, folks. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys in the chat. Uh, thanks for listening. Peace out. Peace out.